So today's going great. I've just broken my own website. Have you? <laughs> Congratulations. Well, I did the mistake. I upgraded something. Oh, no, something. you didn't. And uh, why is it every time you upgrade something, you have to upgrade loads of other stuff? It just breaks the it's whole time. It's annoying. It's very annoying. I've got to get a new webcam because I'm getting PR stuff. And I know that if I get a better webcam, yeah. it will show my face in oh, more higher definition. We'll and I'm going to have... To- I'm going to have to upgrade my face. You are going to have to upgrade your face. Especially you've needed to for at least the last 25 years. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, uh, to episode 137 of Mid Faith Crisis Podcast. I'm really tired. Are really you? run down. What's yeah, up? Yeah, very tired and run And episode, uh, Shall I do that again with a bit more pizzazz? Yes, please, if you would. <sighs> Welcome, everybody, to episode 137 <laughs> of Mid Faith Crisis Podcast. <laughs> Thanks, that was much better. Well done. <laughs> My name is Nick Page, and I'm with Joe Davis. Hello. They say, right, in podcasting, I think I was just reading this thing that you should assume that you're always getting new listeners, and therefore you have to start with the kind of explanation and say what your podcast is about every time do you oh no we don't want to do that do we well it's about 37 minutes long <laughs> yeah. so there's a good average that's as far as i'm gonna go with it really yeah yeah so uh yes here we are again i'm i'm very tired yeah very, are you, well, bit run down. are you i think it's a whole combination of things so yeah. it's, it's it's darker days and yes nights. it's lockdown too mm. it's just get to the end of a, a you know busy year and 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 my work always gets busier around this time anyway and being old and grumpy i think oh right. older older stuff here's what happened right here's what happened the other day right so i went to the loo the toilet, Great. okay thank the, you the bathroom as our american you went to the restrooms the, yeah. the restroom why do they call it a restroom uh, i've been to america i went in the restroom nobody was lying down <laughs> there was you, Anyway, Look, um, stop picking so on I, the Americans. Right, I went, I went there, and I, and I sat down and did my stuff. Got up, you know, flushed. Went to, went to wash the hands. Good. Running the tap for washing the hands made me want to go to the loo again. <laughs> yeah, you've got issues. <laughs> Why? Don't, but don't you have that? You walk past a, 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 a fountain and you want to go to the. It's going to get to the point where basically I go to the loo, I flush, and the action of the flush makes me well, want that, to go yeah, to the I, loo again. I think I'm going to be caught in a loop <laughs> for the rest of my life. Let me say, when I've gone maybe two or three hours without and I hear a trickling water sound, then possibly if I've had a lot to oh. drink, do I feel the need. But not normally in the distance between the restroom cubicle and the tap. <laughs> no, I've got, I've got a really a malfunctioning bladder. It's dreadful. Anyway, if listeners would like to join in with Nick's 85th birthday celebrations. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're affected by any of the issues in this podcast, there's a number that you can call. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just send an email to joe at midfaithcrisis.org and I'll give you Nick's number. <laughs> Phone bladder line. <laughs> And I just, I, I can't concentrate on anything. I, I haven't been reading hardly any books what? or anything like that. I know. I have been reading your book, which is exceptionally funny. You should read it at Chi right up. I have read it. It's rubbish. And I, <laughs> you know, so I've just been binging on YouTube. It's hopeless. I'm not in a good mood. Have you watched Queen's Gambit? 
on Netflix. No. It's ever so good. It's really is it? Yeah, it is. You should watch it. And what's course, it about? It's about chess, presumably, well, with that name. It's not really about chess. I mean, it is, but it's really following the life, this very sad life of a young orphan girl. And, you know, the story of her life combined with this incredible mind that is absolutely phenomenal at chess it's really good i won't don't want to say any more about it you need to watch it first and then we can talk okay. about it right. yeah well mm-hmm. I would, you know i mean it'll either be that or godzilla king of monsters uh, it's a toss-up really <laughs> yes it's a, it's a classic yeah. yeah how are you anyway you're right well yes you know i think i'm as fed up as most people uh in all honesty i can just be cheerful with it but i'm you know i'm cheerful on the outside but inside i'm crying at the whole no 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 but i tell you what i had this i had this you know this happens every now and then i did this funeral this week so as a young chap it's just 41 but basically mm. the story goes he slipped he slipped over and banged his head and that was it he died immediately it's just one of those terrible accidents but i don't know it was i did the funeral and i came out and i won't went to the beach and I just couldn't stop crying. It was just one oh, of those, I normally, I, normally I'm all right, you know, and I just, you know, you, you, like I say, you keep that detached thing, but I just, yeah. this one got under my skin. So yeah, I've just been working that through and letting go, lots of walking and ranting at the sea, which the sea's been nice and rough, so people haven't been able to hear me ranting too loudly. So that's good. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I, I don't yeah. know how you do your job anyway, but I mean, that must be so hard. That must be so yeah, difficult. Yeah. Yeah, like I say, most of the time it's okay. You know, old people who've had good lives—that's fine. Sometimes the younger ones and some of the others do get under your skin. It's funny—you just don't know what's going to hit you, do you? That's the thing. Something just triggers it. I, in my work, I um, with open doors, for example, you end up reading some pretty hard stuff and encountering mm. some real, you know, horrible uh, mm. stories of persecution and injustice. And as you say, normally the, the, you. you you've got a professional approach to it mm. and just occasionally i'll just read something that really yeah 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 exactly yeah it touches trig- you. triggers yeah. something and you don't know why particularly you know it, it could be out of the blue but yeah i don't I th- know i think there's something about this though that was just the suddenness of it you know yeah. i remember i remember mm. our friends dave and ali who are both consultants um, saying when they were at college in, at St George's Hospital, they um, they were training and the oncologist came to train them and they said one in three of you, possibly more, will get cancer. And he says the other two in three won't be so lucky. And he was he was talking about how, you know, with cancer you have time to prepare and put mm, things in order mm. and say goodbye. Um, I don't think it's particularly lucky to have cancer, but you get what he was saying. But, but I think what the thing about this is, you know, this... This guy's fiance was there and his mum and you know and they didn't they didn't get to say goodbye they had no, no idea when he just no. waved cheerfully goodbye to them that that was going to be the last time and they said and I think it was that that really I couldn't for some reason just could yes. not deal with uh, yeah, yeah yeah oh mate well I'm, I'm well that's no. cheered everybody <laughs> that's cheered everyone up cheered everybody up hasn't it oh, yes. oh, me me talking about <laughs> yeah. getting old and you. shouting on the beach and if this is the first time you've listened to our (laughs) podcast we hope you enjoyed it (laughs) oh no we could we could be losing our coveted number one spot in luxembourg here i I feel i think we probably have oh dear anyway so here's what we're going to do this week we're just going to deal with one bit of feedback okay yeah sure yeah so I'll say this, 
before I go any further, you can go off some listeners, can't you? Because they write breathtakingly difficult emails to respond to. So that's what's coming up. Okay. Okay. So this is from Chris, and he says this. Hi, Joe and Nick. Thanks for the podcast, which I look forward to each week and which seems to be roughly equal parts amusing, interesting, challenging and baffling. <laughs> yeah. I, like that. I don't. The only thing I challenge that is the equal part. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. It's about 80% baffling, I would have thought. <laughs> One thought on your winter wellness plan. He says, I think all the suggestions so far have been for extra things to do. I've spent this year trying to juggle full-time work with new extra responsibilities, looking after my family, childcare for a five-year-old, worrying about my mental health and running. More on that in a moment. He says, so my winter wellness plan is about what I can stop, not what I can do. Mm. I need to build in some rest and downtime, just a different perspective coming from a different starting point very valid that is too thank you chris he says this he says i've been thinking a lot about justice it's pretty clear from the bible that god cares deeply about justice yet it rarely gets mentioned in church sermons and hardly ever in worship songs in your interview last week with ruth newton you talked about the need for theology of ecology and environment has to go hand in hand with social justice I thought you didn't really pick up on that very much, but focus mostly on the environmental side. He said that's not meant to be a criticism, just an observation. The scale of injustice in the world is pretty staggering. Did you know that there are over 40 million slaves globally today? That's more than at any point in history. And one in four is a child. The figures are from International Justice Mission, the world's largest anti-slavery organisation who are trying to follow God's call to act against injustice. And then he says, I'm supporting them and he's doing sponsorship stuff. And he's put a link to a uh, to a just giving site or, or a virgin mm. money giving and he said if you can put a link up in the show notes uh, that would be great well listen chris here's the thing we wouldn't normally do this but because we're building the show around your email <laughs> we yeah, certainly will feels fair enough so mm. so pause there and um friends if you want to support chris in his work uh, raising money uh, for justice globally um, then that would be fantastic and the links are in the show notes Okay, so he says this. IGM's founder, Gary Horgan, in his book Good News About Injustice, describes God's attitude to justice as revealed in the Bible. God loves justice and hates injustice. God has compassion on those who suffer injustice. God judges and condemns those who perpetrate injustice. And God seeks rescue for victims of injustice. IGM followed God's call on this by finding and rescuing victims of injustice, healing and restoring them to their community and working with local justice systems to prosecute the perpetrators, both to bring them to justice and to deter others from doing the same. And he says this is where it gets interesting from a mid-faith crisis perspective. God in the Bible is very clear that those who oppress the vulnerable, those who abuse power and cause injustice will be judged and condemned. IGM's experience is that prosecuting the perpetrators is essential both to stop those people from continuing their abuse of power and to show others that they will not get away with doing the same. The deterrent of demonstrating that the law of justice will be upheld is the only way to protect people from being oppressed in the first place. He says, so if we believe in a God of justice who judges and condemns the perpetrators of injustice, then how does this fit with a universalist viewpoint? How can the person who offers a five-year-old child for live-streamed sexual abuse online in exchange for money, or the person who beats children for not making enough bricks, be welcomed into God's presence in the new heaven and the new earth? He says, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts, and uh, thanks for keeping up the casting of your pod, Chris. 
Thank you very much. Well, man, first of all, Chris, how dare he send an email like that with such a difficult <laughs> question to answer? <laughs> I mean, who do you think you are, Chris, really? <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot There's a lot in there. I'd like to just start, though, with the very first bit mm. about rest and downtime. Yeah. You know, the, the bit before the justice. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, get yeah, on to sure, the justice. We'll get on to the justice, we'll, we'll do that. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not playing for time here. I, I just think it actually chimes in with the conversation I was mm. having with uh, uh, someone else to, this week about how, yeah, sometimes you take up stuff in, in lockdown mm. or you, you're encouraged to do lots of mm. stuff in lockdown and actually what it's doing is adding yeah, to exactly. your stress and burden. But equally, just if you say to people, I'll just rest, I don't know if that solves things for them either because, well, what else are we doing in mm. lockdown a lot of the time? You know, we are just... It's not like I can go out partying. Not that I have been out partying since <laughs> about 1982. But anyway, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's the principle. So I think actually I've been thinking about nourishment more than rest. Right, yeah. Really. Yeah. And what is actually going to feed me up, especially as I was saying, I feel yeah. a bit run down at the moment. I've got lots of PR pressure coming on, all kinds of stuff mm. like that, you know, the, with the book and everything. But I think that's what you've got to look at. What really feeds you? And it might be sleep. Mm. Or it might be doing something else. It might be, or it might be that actually, yeah, exactly. You need to give a few things up and do something else. You need to change around. I just wanted to make that point about yeah, the rest sure, of the thing. Sure, sure. It's not a big deal, but uh, and also gives us time to think about the justice. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I mean, you please keep going. This <laughs> is more to the point. Yeah, and what, and what he's done, of course, in this email is he's gone really to the heart of the issue. You know, it's lovely to talk about universalism and often out this hope that I think we've been doing mm. that God's in all things, sustains all things in all people, and eventually it's all going to come together for the good. But he's right to point out. Hang on, just a cotton pick minute there. Mm. I'm using my own paraphrase here. Thank you, yeah. Um, <laughs> just to me, what about psychopaths and paedophiles and the like? And how does that? How do you square that with eternal uh, justice? And linked to mm. that, I think, you know, a grading system. I mean, because not everyone is that bad. I mean, I'm. I, you know, I hope I'm not that bad. Well, I'm definitely not that bad. But I'm not also not perfect. So, where on the scale of bad? What <laughs> tips you over the top into you know big judgment, and what's not so bad? I mean, we're back to all those kind of foundational questions and one can mm. think of all those old evangelical illustrations of missing the mark and the cliff is this mm. wide and mm. it doesn't matter whether you miss the edge by one inch or ten feet you've still missed and oh dear doom gloom yes well i mean i think we have we've talked about this before i think in uh, i can't uh, like last week I, mm. we've done so many now and they're so mm. badly documented i can't actually remember where but anyway mm. um <laughs> I think it does. It defends against sort of common sense to just think mm. that the person who's just, you know, who mm. I don't know, who told a lie is the same as the person who's killed yeah. five hundred people. That's yeah. they, they, I don't think that yeah. can, that can be true. Um, I, I suppose I would approach this in a couple of ways. One is to look at what universalism actually says and, and what it means. Mm. Um, and the other is I'd like to talk I'd like to think about what we mean by justice and yes, punishment. Exactly right. Yeah. And and really what that's about. And um I used to be quite involved in prison reform, uh, mm. working for prison reform charities. So mm. there's the, the, I'd like to talk a bit about that. Firstly the universalism. I don't think anybody who who talks about universalism, which is the idea that in the fullness of time everybody will be saved. Yeah. yeah. It, it, whatever yeah. that means. But exactly. everybody yeah. will come. Yeah. I don't think that means that 
that people just get that without having to confront their past, okay. without having to confront what they've done. Yeah. In in other words, if if somebody who who uh, had done serious things, like was was you know somebody being involved in the slave trade, suddenly repented, mm. came to God, we would be praising, we'd be going hallelujah, that's brilliant, mm. wouldn't we? I mean, we yes, yeah. We wouldn't have the same sort of, you know, we would expect that. But we'd also expect there has to be some kind of confrontation, some has to be some mm. kind of recognition of what you've actually yeah. done. Yeah, sure. And 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 I don't see that that's any different in the future. George MacDonald... Um, oh, the, he like, had a farm. Scottish... <laughs> he, I... no, sorry, carry on. You're being serious. Who I haven't mentioned on this podcast no, for a long time, no, but who was a feature of early episodes. He was. I, I don't know why. I, was, I, haven't I must read some more. Um, George MacDonald, who was the great universalist, you know, often his metaphors of the process... Mm. Uh, which people went through, are of battle, of war, of people struggling against themselves, of people almost mm. sort of being being in a kind of painful, um, what's the word, it's sort of climbing out, in a sense, of their own past yeah. or, or that kind of thing. I, I, so I would say that there's got to be, wherever it happens, however it happens, there has still got to be some kind of recognition mm. of what your life was like. That is repentance, Okay. And yeah. whether it happens before or after death, to me that yeah, you know, it's got to happen. Yeah, that's that's. So I, I, so I don't think universalism argues that everybody who dies immediately gets to heaven, whatever they've done. That's mm. not what it's about at all, actually. Okay. Uh, not in my view, anyway. Mm. No, that's good. I, I mean, and and you've you've got a, a, a more fully developed through. I mean, I genuinely just don't know. I mean, this is where I'm caught out, really. I think. You know, sometimes I just don't know what I think about the afterlife, as we have discussed before. I think some things you get a bit more clarity on. Some things you're kind of a bit meh, I don't know. Other things don't seem to matter. I mean, I, I genuinely just don't know. I don't think anyone knows about the afterlife, actually. And I don't think the Bible does much to help us, if I'm honest. It talks a lot about justice and the kingdom of God and how to live now. And the stories that we have about after you die are that. They're stories, they're metaphor, they don't seem to be literal texts about what the nature of heaven is and how mm. judgment works exactly and all that sort of thing. We've got stuff about sheep and goats and being separated and this and that and the other, but nothing that really I feel at all confident about making a big doctrine over or nothing that I can sort of build certainty on. So I... You know, I take it on faith. You know, the opposite of faith is not doubt. It's the opposite of faith is certainty. And I do not have certainty uh, on, on the afterlife. Mm. I have many doubts about it. I'd say that. So that's good. But I think we should talk about justice. OK. Because that's good. And what justice is. Well, I think it links in with that. Mm. Because um, I think a lot of people, a lot of times when people are talking about justice or a lot of people sort of preaching mm. about God's justice, what they're actually talking about is punishment. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I agree. It's and, used in a very narrow way. And I think often if we sort of come back to the human justice system, mm. um, I think a lot of people, what what they're really talking about is revenge. Yeah. Or tit for tat. Or, yeah. you know, an eye for like an that. eye. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
And and there is I can fully understand that if you've mm. you know that that is a natural thing, yeah. uh, you know if you've lost a loved one or if you've been involved in a crime mm. against you, you want the other person to suffer. Yeah, and that's a fairly standard response. Yeah. yeah, but I remember so well talking to a judge many years ago, and uh, he said, uh, "I don't want to see you up in front of me again." Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> <Actually>. <laughs> <and> he, <laughs> Anyway, no, he said he was. I was talking to a just judge about it. He, he said, What people don't accept uh, in the, our criminal justice system is that, with hardly any exceptions, virtually very, very, very few exceptions, every sentence is a pre release sentence. In other words, everybody who goes into prison is going to come out at some stage. Mm. So there has to be something in that system, or there ought to be, I don't think there's enough in no. our system, that actually is, is about. Redemption, for want of a better word, mm. is about sort of preparing somebody to to um, yeah. confront them with what they've done, yeah, and to to come back out into and to f be a, a more useful mm. and fulfilling member of society. Mm. And in that way, I think it's a bit like the universalism thing. In other words, there has to be there is a yeah. sense of punishment. There is a sense of consequences for what you've done, yeah. and we want that. But equally, there has to be a sense of it's not just about yeah. revenge. Otherwise, what's the point? And, and, really? and I think it's I think I want to open it up even more than that. I mean, if you take, for example, the injustice of poverty, for example, I mean, you know, I think about Les Miserables and that story. So Jean Valjean, uh, Jean, what is his name? Jean? Jean Valjean. Thank you. That's it. Mm. He steals a loaf of bread. And for that, mm. you know, he, he has to be punished for that. But no one's asking the question, why why would you steal a loaf of bread? Because mm. there's actually a system of injustice that is wrong. And I suspect as a middle class Westerner, I am part of a system. I'm a willful participant in a system that is completely unjust. That means there are some people in the world who are living in poverty as a result of the system that I am supporting. And so when they break the law or steal because they're stealing in order to stay alive or to mm. feed their families, mm. do you see what I mean? This is this is broadens out into a much bigger context. I could paint myself as the lovely law-abiding citizen who has done no wrong and, you know, does not deserve to be a victim of any crime. But what if someone steals some food off me, to give a simple example, in order to feed their starving family? Mm. And it, 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 so there's there's layers and there's textures to justice. And it seems to me justice in the Bible is talking about something more than a kind of penal system and judgment. And all that. It's talking about how we organise ourselves to live justly and fairly so that there's enough for everyone. Yes, that's exactly it. I mean, and, even uh, the word the word justice, uh, the Latin word, means um, equity. Fairness, yeah. yeah, yeah, really. It do, it doesn't mean punishment. No, exactly. It means it means what's fair, what's right, and what I suppose what I was trying to say about the prisoner analogy is, fairness has to be all encompassing in a sense. It has to be what's right and the just yeah. thing to do for yeah. both the victim and the perpetrator. What is actually yeah. going to improve the situation? Yes, and so. Yes, exactly. So there's a just way of living as well, which is saying, how do I live to improve exactly. the life of others? Exactly. And and going back to uh, 
Chris's email. You know, I I am not able as a sort of simple man to just go around forgiving people willy-nilly. And if I come across someone who I think is exploiting children, you know, I'm afraid I'm only able to see what's in front of me. And there is part of me that, I don't want to say violence, but certainly wants to uh, instruct them about how evil they are being. Let's put it that way. Um, in, a, in a John Wick kind of manner. Possibly influenced by John Wick, yes, exactly. <laughs> Which is a dangerous doctrine, but but still a satisfying to w- one to watch after an elders meeting. Um, so, so but, but seriously, I mean, you know, they say that those who abuse people have often themselves been abused. Now, I don't understand that because I'm not really a clinical psychologist. I don't understand. Well, I'm definitely not a clinical psychologist, so I don't understand the dynamics at work. But I assume that the divine does understand. I assume that divine does see all the things that lead someone to being, you know, physical, emotional, to to becoming a psychopath. You know, I assume... I assume the divine understands that. I assume the divine understands fully in a way that I don't um, and, and, and sees the brokenness of everyone. Now, mercifully, you know, my brokenness has caused many issues in my life, some of which have hurt me, some of which have hurt other people. But, you know, it's never led to me murdering anyone or <laughs> doing those kind of things. I accept that for some it has done that. Now, if it was my child who'd been murdered, I don't know whether I could forgive someone for that. But I, I can conceive of how the divine might, because they see the full story. Do you see what I mean? Because oh, we're talking oh, about we're talking about universalism, yes. and we're talking about how wide and expansive injustice is. And I think I'm trying to draw the, make the link between the brokenness that that then enters people's lives often through no fault of their own and then the faulty wiring that leads to that leads them to become ogres as adults mm, and to mm. do mass harm to people mm. but god sees all those steps back in a way that we can't and that that's part of the jigsaw that helps me cope with this universal idea i think i've not got much well, else think, <laughs> when, when i was working um back with sort of prison reform and sentencing reform back in the mm. Uh, mm. early 2000s i it was the big what we were working was a field called restorative justice mm. and uh, the quakers were really um uh, very influential in this restorative justice is it does what it says on the tin it's, it's justice but it's that it's seeking to restore everybody the victim mm. and the perpetrator yeah um, yes and it yeah. only does this by um, what they used to call circles of accountability. I don't know if it's still the same thing, which which is by talking, by listening, mm. by yeah. really um, trying to understand everything that was going on and offering a, a lot of support for people. Yeah. And, and the point is a lot of these people were exactly that. They were trapped. They were there because they were addicts or because they were, you know, there were all kinds of stuff going on in their life. And that's not an excuse necessarily, but it is... It is a factor it's a huge factor i mean similarly the fact that so many prisoners um are um uh, illiterate they can't they can't read or write yeah. and 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 so they've never had the chance to get any um you know proper education they've never had the chance to get any proper jobs because for a whole load of load of factors there's a mm. lot going on there now if you extrapolate that out again mm. as you were saying so so wisely you know um god can see that mm. It knows all the factors that are there, 
And therefore, justice has to be more than about just, I think, painful though it is, scandalous in a way though it is, mm. more than about just punishing the bad guy. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And I think that whatever heaven looks like, it is going to be the reign of God. Can I can I give you a quote? I, it's just that this came up in my inbox today and it just seemed relevant to what we were talking about. Who is uh, it from? Uh, it's from a, someone I know. Is it... <laughs> <laughs> It's from Fluffy, all right? Yeah, I just knew it was Fluffy. Right. Just because I had George MacDonald mentioned Stop earlier. It. He's fluffy so Fluffy. <laughs> anyway. Come on then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Richard Raw, everybody. Yes, this is. He says the world has suffered much from the various forms of Christian colonialism, yet the reign of God is an alternative to domination systems and all isms. So he means like racism, sexism, all that mm. stuff. There, Jesus teaches that right relationship, i.e., love, is the ultimate and daily criterion. If a social order allows and encourages strong connectedness between people and creation, people and each other, people and God, then you have a truly sacred culture, the reign of God. It is not a world without pain or mystery, but simply a world where we are connected and in communion with all things. He says the kingdom is about union and communion, which means it is also about mercy, forgiveness, non-violence, letting go, solidarity, service and lives of love, patience and simplicity. Who can doubt that this is the sum and substance of Jesus' teaching in the reign of God, the very motive for rivalry, greed and violence has been destroyed. We know we are all part of God's beloved community. I thought that was relevant because we're talking about the reign of God and the fact that we are all part of God's beloved community. Now, the question is, do some people just don't realise they're part of that community? They're so broken and they're so harmed and damaged. They just don't realise they're part of it. They don't realise Christ is in them. They don't realise Christ is all around and throughout. And so, you know, there is shall we say, dodgy behaviour in varying forms to the most extreme to the most simple. It might even be bigger than that. It might even be that I don't realise or don't fully accept that everybody is part of God's beloved community. Mm. That it's easier for me to assume that some people, people I, Mm. you know, I'm told not to like or people who I Mm. genuinely don't like or people, Mm. you know, or people Mm. who do horrible things are not part of God's beloved community. Mm. Mm. And I need to be reminded of that. Um, and I think that's a really mm. strong phrase. That is, you know, God's beloved community is mm. is everyone, isn't it? Yeah. There's no one who's not loved by God. No, exactly. And so the vision of, again, heaven, which I just as a great, gladly accept, do not understand at all, is of God's beloved community in communion constantly with God mm. in a way mm. that we're simply not now. And I mean, shocking though it is, the fact is that the, one of the key, perhaps the key message of Jesus was of radical forgiveness, mm. yeah, um, and non-violence, and and I, 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 it's such a difficult thing, but it is perhaps what will distinguish us, you know, more than any other. Again, in my in my work with Open Doors, I see this so often. I see the mm. amazing capacity of people to forgive. Yeah. You know, yeah. of Christians yeah. to say, I'm not, I don't hate the person who did this to me. Mm. I forgive them. Equally, they don't want them to just go away and forget about it. They want to to talk to them about why they did it. Yeah. They want to, they, people have to be confronted with their own yeah. self and what it's like. And that 
for many people is a painful thing mm. anyway, but for some people it could be incredibly painful. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think universalism gets rid of that, and I don't think God's mercy or forgiveness gets rid of that. I think that's all part of the, what it means to grow eventually into God's beloved community, mm. is to have to, to d- yeah. deal with all that stuff as well. Whether it happens this side of death or the other side, would you say? Well, that's what I believe. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, like, yeah, like no, you said, I don't have any kind yeah, of uh, yeah. scriptural kind of thing. I, you know, but but I think uh, I can put a link up to the the yeah. book that we talked about before. Um, you know, but but I I just think that God, as a God mm. of love, will draw everyone to him to Himself. But actually, love is more about than just saying, "Oh yes, of course, never mind." Mm. You know, it's, it's about yeah. wanting yeah, the yeah, person. Sure. Yeah. to become who they are. So there's that. Listen, the other thing you mentioned about living justly, I think, is another yeah. whole big yeah. question. And mm. uh, I would really like to hear from the listeners on you know, so what they've got I. to say about that kind of stuff and how what they feel called into, what their vocation is in terms of living justly and how they're going to do that. Because I think it's such a complicated issue to, in today's world where we're so connected yeah. uh, 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 across the world. Uh, I'd really be interested in hearing Yeah, please that. please do send emails into joe at midfaithcrisis.org. Love to hear from you. Uh, yeah, that would be really good. And Chris, thank you so much for yeah, sending thank in you very much. what was an absolute stinker of an email. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and because of that, we're going to support you in your fundraising efforts for International Justice Mission. Excellent. Which would be great. So, um, uh, next week. Yes. May I introduce next week, episode 138, Go on. It's going to be an interview with international best-selling author, (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Nick Page, on what is one of the funniest, grumpiest books you will ever read. So if you want to get this book ahead of time, which is called simply... Uh, uh, Christmas, Tradition, (laughs) Truth and Total Baubles. Exactly. Then, uh, you know, uh, by all means, get it ready for the podcast next week. we're going to have some fun. It's been a bit heavy this week. I, I suspect it's not going to be quite so heavy next week somehow. Probably not. No. <laughs> We're going to be getting our baubles out and examining <laughs> them, as it were. Do you know what? It has got one of the yearly reviews has come in. And guess which magazine it is, just to heighten back to the beginning. Yes, I've been reviewed in Saga magazine. Oh, great. <laughs> which they accuse me of flippancy. Me? Really? How? With a, how very dare they? With a title like Christmas <laughs> Tradition Truth Total Baubles. Whatever gave them that idea. I'd get a bit offended at the accusation of flippancy if I took anything seriously. Anyway, thank you for listening. Yes, thank you all. Thanks for sticking with us. Please do send in your emails and we'll see you next week. <laughs>